So today is a bit unique because Christmas Day is now over. Any post-Christmas depression? And though the season of Christmas continues, because it's not just a day, but the gifts and the food are long gone. Christmas Eve is past, and so the candlelight and the expectation is now behind us. Even New Year's Day has come and gone. So now everyone is in a hurry to get into the new year. With all the newness, right? New plans, new goals, new resolutions of why this year is going to be the best year ever. I think we said that last year too. Sometimes I'm not even sure if I fully processed 2020. And now it's 2022. So before we get into a new preaching series, which is to come, and before we dive headfirst back into our hurry-sick routine of school and work, I know some are praying for a late start tomorrow, but before we get back into school and work and life full steam ahead, what I'm doing today for us as a community is giving us a day of reflection. Uh, I'm inviting us to slow down a little bit, uh, and I really want us to pay attention, to pay attention to God uh, as we stand on top of a brand new year. So in some ways, this is my pastoral gift to you tonight is some forced reflection, which some groan at and others cherish. I think it's possible to move too quickly past Christmas I think it's possible to move too quickly past the last year that we just finished. And it's really easy for us in our culture to miss, to not have eyes and ears to what God is up to, to what God is saying, what he's doing, to pay attention to what has already been given. So tonight, I have a short little sermon and a longer time of some application for us. Uh, So if you have a Bible or a Bible app, why don't you open up to the end of the Christmas story. That's right, I'm going back to the Christmas story tonight, uh, to Luke chapter 2. So Luke chapter 2, if you have an app or a Bible. Tonight I want to invite us to be a little bit more like Mary, the mother of Jesus, or at least to follow her lead. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, Those of us that are part of our church, we're part of the Protestant church tradition, meaning we're not Catholic, Some of us don't quite know what to do with Mary, the mother of Jesus. So in fear of not wanting to worship her or somehow put her above Jesus, which again, we don't want to do that. But some of us then try to distance ourselves and we keep keep Mary at like arm's length. Uh, We're fine with her giving birth to Jesus, but like, eh, I'm not sure about anything else beyond that, which is a shame. Have you ever really read and listened to and followed the life of Mary and the things that she said and did? It's really, really rich and profound and beautiful. There's so much beauty and there's so much kingdom of God in her story. Like her Magnificat, man, it is breathtaking poetic revolution. Her obedience in the face of fear is staggering. Her courage and strength to give birth as an unwed teenage mother, really beyond inspirational. But today, tonight, there's this little passage and this little verse that's tucked in at the end of 
the Christmas story in Luke that I want us to read and pay attention to. I think it'll be helpful and hopefully instructive for us tonight in what we're going to do. So I'm going to back the story all the way up to Luke 2.10. We'll get a running start, and then verse 19 is the one that I want to focus on tonight. So here's kind of the story that Luke tells back in Luke 2.10. It says, The angel said to them, that's the shepherds that were there watching their flocks at night, the angel appears, says to the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. A familiar passage for many but really a a powerful part of the Christmas story. As Luke tells this part of the story, there's so much frenzied action, isn't there? All sorts of activity, right? The angels show up suddenly and unannounced. Then this impromptu choir starts singing and then disappears back into heaven, which causes the shepherds to, verse 16, go with haste. So they're scrambling and running to go check out and find out if it was true. And then when they show up and they find that it's true and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby and they're just like blabbering and they're confused and they're befuddled and they're excited and all sorts of emotions are happening at once and they spill their guts talking about everything that has transpired. So this Christmas story is filled with fabulous, frenetic action, which causes, verse 18, wonder. People who hear the story, those that were there that kind of hear from the shepherds or those that saw the angels, there's wonder that happens in verse 18, all that God is doing. They wondered about the angels, and they wondered about the announcement, and they wondered about the song, and the glory to God in the highest, and the peace on earth, and the baby, and the manger. The whole enchilada causes wonder as people are witnessing to God's current present activity breaking into a weary world. There is wonder. Everyone who hears responds in wonder, and that's good. Wonder is good. But then there's this next verse, and it's a little like sidebar, a little snapshot, a little window into Mary as the shepherds break in and tell everyone, and there's haste and all sorts of activity and wonder. And then verse 19 says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. So Luke says that, Luke says that everyone in the room that night experiences wonder. But only Mary, out of everybody in the room, does this. 
treasuring and pondering. Treasuring and pondering. I think there's something there for us to pay attention to. I think for, for us to experience the wonder of God, for us to experience the wonder of God's activity in the world, this is a gift to those that can learn to practice it. It made me curious, what is treasure and pondering really all about? Let me just tell you a little bit about these two words, treasure and ponder. First word, treasure. Uh, it's the Greek word suntereo. Uh, literally, it means to preserve, to protect, or to defend. This is what Mary is doing in the moment. She's, she's grabbing onto these things, these words. She's grabbing onto the activity of God, and she is preserving it. She is protecting it. She is defending it. Defending it from what? She's defending them from it just passing by. Some translations put it that Mary kept these things. Them. She preserved them. She treasured them enough to keep them safe from just happening and then flying by and disappearing into the next thing. So every year for the past, I don't know, decade or so, my, my mother-in-law her gift to all the members of the, that side of the family is to create a calendar. Uh, so for most years, she spends, I don't know, weeks, months, gathering up all sorts of pictures, either that have been posted on Facebook or texted around the family, and she gathers all these pictures, and she arranges them in a special way, and each person on their birthday month gets featured as the, the person of the month, and all sorts of pictures and important dates, and, and then Christmas, we open up our calendar, and we look over the pictures of the year. So this year, though, when the calendars came out, there was a wrinkle there were some pictures in it, but rather than having each month having a, a featured person of the month, instead, it became a calendar of quotable quotes. So what has happened, again, now our kids, my kids are now you know, in their teenage years, and uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they have three kids that are now teenagers as well. And ever since um, the, the grandchildren were little, my father-in-law started keeping a Word document of funny statements, stories, anecdotes, funny things that people have said over the last, like, 18 years, 20 years. And so he has this page-long Word document uh, of just... The normal stuff of life that little kids say that you then forget and you never write down, he has them all cataloged. And so my mother-in-law grabbed all of his quotable quotes and put them in the calendar. And so now we have 12 months of these, I can't believe they said that kind of things. Made for a fabulous calendar this year. But that's, that tends to be what happens in life, is that life happens, things are said, things are done, and... As soon as they happen, they just kind of fly on by and we're on to the next thing. But there's something that Mary is doing here is she is watching what God is up to in this baby and the scene that is unfolding and there's a treasuring, there is a keeping, there is a grabbing onto, there is a defending this from just flying in one ear and out the other. A treasuring process that takes place among all the actions and the noise keeping them from disappearing. That's the first word. Mary treasures them. 
The next word is that she ponders them. It's the Greek word symbolo. It means literally to converse or confer, to meet up with, or like to have a conversation with. So she keeps it. She is treasuring all these things that are happening. And then she begins to ponder is to confer, to converse, to have a conversation with. You see how these ideas go together quite well. Treasuring is keeping something safe from getting lost or taken away. And then after you have it there and keep it there, to ponder it is to engage it, to talk it through, to work it through, and to not just let it go on by. To work the ideas of God's wonder deeper and deeper into your soul. Really what Mary's doing here is a beautiful beautiful thing wonder that leads to treasure that leads to pondering so i would say i'll say some of us all of us actually regardless of your faith background regardless of your current status of your belief in god or not all of us have actually experienced the activity of god all of us have experienced the activity of god actually all of us have experienced the wonder of god but not all of us have kept it safe. And not all of us have engaged in pondering about what does it mean? What does this actually have to do with my life here and now? And in the end, I contend that these pieces of treasuring and pondering become a really a missing piece of our spiritual growth because a lot of us end up wanting to just consume more. Like, give me the next thing, the next song, the next verse, the next sermon, the next podcast, the next, the next whatever. And oftentimes, life goes by, God can even be at work, and we haven't taken the time to actually hold on to what God is doing and then engaged with it, too. It becomes the gap between our spiritual experience and our spiritual formation. So that's my question to you as we now stand at the beginning of a new year. Have you taken the time recently to treasure or ponder? (laughs) Uh, Have you taken the time to treasure or ponder electricity? Have you taken the time to ponder what God is up to in your life and story right now? So that's what I want to do. Again, we're not going to spend time singing tonight. We'll kick up with the music again next week and the weeks to come. Um, But I just want to give us the gift of some time and space. So I've put together 10 questions. So I invite you uh, to capture this somehow, whether you pull out your phone and you pull out your notes app, or I think in the back of all of the chairs, minus the front row, there are pens, and there's some little piece of paper that says sermon notes on there, or maybe you have a journal, um, or maybe you have a piece of paper. Um, We're going to spend some time treasuring and pondering what God has been up to in your life over the last year. I also realize that sometimes doing some of this work of kind of thinking through, wrestling through, even kind of looking back a bit to look forward can tend for some to turn sour or can be laced with guilt or shame, regret, darkness, so I, I want to give a couple, um, we'll go to the next slide, a couple core convictions 
that I believe come from the scriptures that hopefully will help us in our pondering today. I didn't put the chapters and verses for you, but I could give them to you if you want. That I believe that God is always with you. The psalmist talks about, where can I go from your presence? So all through this last year, God has been with you, whether you've been aware of it or not. I believe that God is always loving you because God is love. Now, sometimes his love looks differently than what we want it to look like. But I want to remind you that there is a God who loves us unconditionally. And his love is not conditional toward you. That's his agape love. I believe that God is also always at work. Jesus talked about his father is always working. God doesn't take days off. He doesn't slumber or sleep. So even in the mundane stuff where you feel like oh, God was really absent on that piece, I can guarantee you that God is always at work. And God is also always able to redeem any sin, every evil, and nothing is too far gone from his redemptive reach. And so even some of the stuff that may come up from this past year, you're like, that was brutal. That was hard. That was difficult or challenging. Um, we believe in a God who redeems. A God who takes what the enemy has meant for evil, who can turn it to good. And we're just at this point in the storyline, and God may not be finished yet. That doesn't guarantee that everything turns out in our own personal lives with sunshine and roses all the time. But we believe in the big picture plan of God's redemptive plan for the world, that we know how it ends. That he comes back, that he wins, that he redeems. New heavens and new earth. So may, may these things uh, be a safe place for you to answer some of these questions tonight. Maybe to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So I'm going to put a question up on the screen. Uh, and I know I'm not gonna have, we're not going to have enough time. You'll be like, oh, I'm still going. Um, what we're going to do is I'm going to put a question on the screen, and then we're going to play a song. Um, it'll be played through the speakers. Each song is about long. Again, there's 10 questions. You do the math. Uh, so we'll put the question up there. Um, we'll play the song. That'll give you a couple minutes to think. I just encourage you to write down um, what comes to mind. There's not, like, there's not a test here. Nothing to prove here. Um, we're going to go through these 10 questions, uh, and then before we end tonight, we're going to have you turn to some people around you and just share the one thing uh, that stood out to you, either the question or the answer that may be worth you pursuing more. Any questions? Okay. Time to, pr time to treasure and ponder. First question. When did you feel most alive this last year? And, and the, the quote that keeps coming to my mind as I put this question out there is one of the church fathers, Irenaeus, uh, said that the glory of God is man fully alive. So we sometimes have this idea that God just wants to like squash us and ruin our lives. Uh, but actually, uh, God's glory is on full display as humanity, his image bears, fully alive. So God desires you to be fully alive. And maybe there's a part in this last year where you experience like, oh yeah, there was a lot of life in that. Um, worth paying attention to. So, first question, we're going to take two, three minutes as you, music plays. Just jot down, when did you feel most alive this year?
Okay, question number two. When did you feel most loved? And that could be either by God um, or by others, because God oftentimes shows his love through other people. And the reason why I ask this question, uh, I've done some reading and work around anxiety the last couple years, um, and it comes from uh, an author named Steve Cuss. Um, but he talks about from the Bible that perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. In some ways, it's perfect love displaces fear. That it's almost impossible for you to be anxious when you are experiencing love. Uh, and so it's important for us to pay attention to those times when we are actually experiencing love, whether it's from a friend or a family member or from God himself. Uh, where and when did you feel most love? And if you're someone who is working through dealing with anxiety, um, it's helpful to be, go back to the places and times where you are experiencing actively being loved by God and others. So let's ask that question. When did you feel most loved? Thank you.
All right, next question, question number three. What losses do you need to grieve and release to God? Um, sometimes for me, I think I don't, I don't name my losses and grieve them well, and so I like try and just either ignore it or stuff it down and just keep going, right? Just keep plowing. Um, life doesn't work that way. Loss and grief doesn't work that way. Uh, so I invite you. Uh, again, I'm not here to try and unnecessarily dredge up trauma for you. Um, maybe there's some things that come to mind, some losses. Uh, maybe it's relationally. Maybe it's in work. Uh, maybe it's with your family. Um, yeah, what are some losses that need to be grieved? You need to maybe spend some time naming those before God and offering them back to him. Spend some time there. Right, question number four. What truth about God most deeply resonated with you this year? Maybe it's part of his person or his character. Maybe it was a, um, a verse you read or maybe you a certain passage that you spent some time in this year. Um, maybe it came through in a song that was meaningful to you. Um, but what is a truth about God? Um, again, maybe his character or an attribute or a verse or something. I'd be like, yeah, that'd be good for me to uh, to be 
to treasure that and then and to engage a bit more. So. doing okay? Okay. You guys awake? <laughs> Just put you to sleep real fast. But like. Question number five. So um, we're going to start to turn the corner a little bit, even looking into this next year with this question and the ones to come. But like, what practices most helped you cultivate intimacy with God this last year? Um, again, we, we talk a lot as a church about wanting to cultivate intimacy with God, with others, for others. Uh, what was helpful for you? I know there was a group that did um, read through the Bible in a year this last year. I know there were some that started doing the uh, retreat with Randy this last year. Uh, maybe it was uh, a new uh, practice of, of prayer, or maybe it was going for prayer walks, or maybe there was something else, maybe the Sabbath or silence or some other thing that you tried this year. What was really helpful? So it's good to pay attention to what was helpful in drawing your heart closer to God this year. And then, yeah, what do you feel invited to try this coming year? Um, this is not to try and make New Year's resolutions for you, uh, but if we're not intentional, right, we end up, uh, the old saying, if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. So it's like, where, where is God inviting you to maybe spend some time with him this year?
All right, next question, question number six. What support do you need relationally in this upcoming season? So again, this begins to kind of look a little bit ahead for this year. But you know that no one's expected to do this life alone, and no one's expected to journey with God alone. And so as you think about where you're at right now, like what do you need? What's some support that you may need? And so maybe it's like I need to be in regular community. I need like a table group. I need two or three other people that I'm going to meet with every week that know me, pray for me. Okay, that could be a need. It could be like I, I just want some more community. I join a community group. Have to be in people's homes again this year. Have some of those that know me. Um, maybe it's like, you know what? <laughs> There's some stuff in my life that I have never engaged with and I need a counselor or a therapist to engage that with me. Um, maybe you're like, I am, I have young kids and I am keeping my head above water barely, and I need some relational help right now dealing with being a young parent. Um, or maybe, like, I just feel really alone right now. I, I need to cultivate some other friends. Again, I could, I could what if, all day. Um, but, like, God knows the season that you're in. Everybody's season is different, and you may need some support relationally. What might that look like for you right now?
this question. What does self-care look like for you this year? Um, God cares about you. He cares about you holistically. He cares about your emotions. He cares about your thoughts. He cares about your body. He cares about your sleep. He cares about your exercise. Again, not just in a New Year's resolution kind of way. He cares about your rest. But what might it look like for you to actually, in an act of worship to God, care for yourself this year? What might that look like? Where may you need to ask someone to help you in that? Again, there's a, a wide list of options here. Question number eight, almost there. What's God's invitation to press into this year? It's like, it's like I want to study something, or I want to read something, or learn something, or experience healing in a certain area, or create, or explore, or go somewhere, do something. What is he inviting you to? It's like, this year, I'm going to, like, I need to step into that. 
Maybe it's in giving in a certain way or yeah, being more bold in a certain way. Yeah, where, where is God inviting you to say, this year I want you to press into this? Not in a heavy-handed way, but just in a good, like staying in step with God. What's his invitation to press into this year? Alright, next to last question. Question number nine. What gifts and passions do you need to press into and steward this year? I believe that uh, within the church that God has gathered here, uh, there are so many gifts and ideas and passions and desires um, that, uh, yeah, that, that he's wanting to put into use. Um, yeah, some great ideas that have not yet been shared, great um, opportunities that have not been yet ventured into within our own community. So what are the things, like, yeah, these are the things that I would love to see God use in me and through me to cultivate and steward this gift this year.
All right, last question, question number 10. Who specifically is God inviting you to love this year? Maybe someone comes to mind in your family. It may be a neighbor, someone at work. Um, Maybe a group of people that come to mind. But who is God inviting you to love? Maybe it's a broken relationship that he's inviting you to engage, to seek reconciliation in. Yeah, what does love look like for you specifically? First of all, just thank you. I know sitting quietly for some is just really, really hard for you to do. Uh, so thank you for, for doing that. So what I want to do before we end our time today is for you then now to turn around to a couple people around you, one, two, three, four people around you. And uh, we're going to take like five minutes. 
and I want you to take turns. You don't have to share, no pressure, but what's like the one, maybe, maybe there's one question and answer, you're like, man, that's really worth paying attention to. That's the, that, that's the one that really struck me, like, I need to do some more engagement of that, and I, want, I really want to see that one um, move forward for me this, this year. So would you just stand up and uh, find a couple people around you? and then take turns getting a chance to share. What's the one thing, like, ah, this question and this answer, this is what my answer was, and this is what I want to do with that. Um, yeah, go ahead and take a few minutes to do that. An encouragement that transformation and change happens as we externalize with others. Opportunity to grow. <laughs>